Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Psalm 23, and we're just going to read verse 1, Psalm 23, verse 1. This message today, I could not wait to get to church today to preach this message. I'm excited about it. And I was telling Stacy, uh, I said, you know, I've been doing this 10 years now, and every Sunday, 10 years, and I'm excited about every single message over that I've ever preached. I just get excited. And I'm not saying that some Sundays I don't want to stay in the bed. I mean, just being honest, but I do get excited about every message that I preach, and that's, that's the grace of God. But I'm really thrilled to bring this word to you today. Likewise, I want you also to hear it in a way that you receive it and then preach it to someone else, really talk to someone else about it as well. In Psalms 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let's read that again. Read it with me. Ready? Read. The Lord is my shepherd. And what will happen? I I shall not want. Now, King David wrote this passage, and at this point, He is the king, but he has experience being a shepherd. He used to be a shepherd. He understood, understands the job description of a shepherd. He understands the role of a shepherd. And now he's relating to a sheep. He's identifying with the sheep when he says the Lord is my shepherd. So he understands the dynamics of a shepherd, but he also understands the dynamics of being a sheep. And being a sheep is very interesting because they they do hear well. Sheep hear well, and sheep have an inclination to follow a leader. Uh, Sheep know how to follow a leader, but sheep don't possess the ability to defend themselves. Uh, sheep are also considered somewhat dumb animals, and sheep don't have the necessary capabilities to actually take care of themselves either. And so David understands, because he's worked with sheep, that, hey, I'm humbling myself. Although I am the king, I'm humbling myself, recognizing and understanding that the Lord is my shepherd. Because I don't have the ability to take care of myself. I don't have the wisdom enough to defend myself. I don't know how to go in and go out. I don't know everything about everything. And I need a shepherd. And the Lord is my shepherd. And he understands another major concept. He says, I shall not want. When you understand that the Lord is your shepherd and Jesus is the good shepherd, right? You shall not want. And over the last several weeks, I've been walking around my house saying it. I've been in my car saying this. Everywhere I go, I've just been saying it to myself, not trying to, you know, push it down somebody else's throat, but saying it to myself, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. The Amplified Bible literally says, I shall not lack. I shall not lack. I shall not lack. The pressure is that's placed upon you is for the sole purpose for you to think that you will not succeed in any endeavor. That's where the pressure is. You don't know how to be a mother. You don't know how to be a student. You can't be a good father. You don't know all these things. So the pressure 
on you is telling you, you can't do this, you can't do it, you can't do it. And instead of succumbing to this pressure, I just started to say, I shall not lack. I shall not lack the wisdom that I need. I shall not lack support. I shall not lack finances. I shall not lack discernment. I shall not lack patience. I shall not lack kindness. I shall not lack the joy of the Lord. I shall not lack support. I shall not lack health. I shall not lack. And this is, this, this is what's got to be coming out of you because if we continue to live in this world and God has called us to live in this world, you're going to hear lack, lack, insufficiency. You're not good enough. You're insecure. You can't do it. You don't have the means that can do it. You're below this. You're below that. And you, you know, you're just a, a, a little old worm that can't get anything done. But when you understand that when, it, when you put yourself under the tutelage of the shepherd, you say, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He feeds me. I can't do that on my own. Then you understand that you shall not lack. The shepherd will make sure that you shall not lack. Come on, somebody shout, I shall not lack. Now, to lack means that you're missing something or something is needed, you're coming up short, or, or, or something is even coming up late. And, and I dare say, I shall not lack. Some of you are believing for money to come in. Maybe someone owes you money. Maybe you, you own a business and that money is late coming in. Listen, you need to start declaring, I shall not lack. That money's got to come in now in the name of Jesus. I shall not lack. Call it in. I shall not lack. Psalms 3410 says the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So God's going to always provide for your needs. Although a young, vibrant, energetic lion might be healthy enough to go get its prey, sometimes that lion goes hungry. But, somebody say, but those who seek the Lord You're not going to go hungry. You shall not lack any good thing. Come on, somebody shout, I shall not lack. Deuteronomy 2.7. Deuteronomy 2.7 says, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through the great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. And look at their testimony. You have lacked nothing. Come on, somebody shout, I shall not lack. Somebody shout, I lack nothing. Luke twenty two thirty five. Luke twenty two thirty five. 35. And Jesus said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, well, I struggled a little bit, right? I tell you what, I, I, I just didn't have enough, and, and, and Pookie let me down, and, and I didn't have that money I need, and I didn't have the health I need, and the support. I didn't. No, 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 no. They didn't say that. They, they said they lacked nothing, and they were sent out without money, and they lacked nothing. I, I, I love this verse because it's reminiscent of when Stacey and I made the decision to step out of corporate America and go into full-time ministry. This is my testimony. We have lacked Nothing. Glory be to God. Somebody say, I lack nothing. Somebody say, I shall not lack. Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply 
all your need according to his riches in glory. My God shall supply. My God shall supply. Not my spouse shall supply. Not my government shall supply. Not my job shall supply. My God shall supply. And that word supply means to fill to the fullest, to furnish, shall supply all your needs. So I'm not to look to the government to supply my need. I'm not to look to my boss to supply my need. I'm not to look to my bank account to supply my need. I'm not to look to my spouse to supply my need. As a pastor, I don't look to you to supply my need. My God can supply my need because he can get to me anything from anyone, anywhere, at any time. So I'm not limited to this job. I'm not limited to how many people show up. I'm not limited to what Stacy has in her bank account. I'm not limited to what my mom and dad can do. My God shall supply all I need according to his riches. So he, he's got a different system. Well, we're in a depression. We're in a recession. God's operating under a different system. He's going to do it according to his riches. Glory to God. And he's got riches. Hallelujah. And he's going to supply our need. Somebody say supply my need. Now, listen, listen to this. If and many of us think we know what we need in Matthew 6, 8, literally, Jesus says that the father knows what you need before you even ask. OK, now listen to this. If he already knows what I need before I ask, then why don't I ask him what I need? Mm, did you hear that? Let me say it again. If he already knows what I need before I ask, then why don't I ask him what I need? So many of you think I need this, whatever it may be, whatever X may be. And, and if you look back, if you ask God, you might not actually need X. You actually might need to get introduced to a person that has whatever it is that you need. Come on, somebody. You might actually have to begin to do some other things. Exercise. I don't know why that came out of my mouth, but somebody need to hear that. Exercise to get the results that you're looking for. Well, I remember one particular time. I have I ever told you this story? I'm going to tell this story. So I used to work a job. It was at, it was at a ministry. At Kenneth Copeland. I'm just going to say it was Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And Joy working there. And the, the job I had at this particular time, uh, it was an entry-level job. I worked 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. And so I would get there early. And you know us black folks, I mean, I needed, I needed some lotion, okay? And, I mean, I just... And so I used to leave lotion at my desk because I was waking up so early... That I, I, you know, I just was running to get to work to be there by five. So I have lotion at my desk. And, you know, this particular guy, he, he sees me putting lotion on and I'm moisturizing my hands and stuff and just making sure I don't, not dry, you know. And he says, Oh, I see every day that you, you use that fake moisture. And so I said, Ha ha ha. ha. Oh, yeah, that's funny. He's like, Yeah, that's that fake moisturizer. I was like, oh, okay. He said, see, I don't need that fake stuff. I get my moisture from the word of God. I said, oh, that's too deep, brother. That's deep. That's deep. He said, I said, that's deep. He said, when I read the word, it just moisturizes my body. I said, oh, I started laughing. I can't help it. And I, he went on. Well, I ended up telling another friend this story, right? So the friend I told, uh, he's come to our church a few times. Big Dan, if you guys, he came with Jeremy a few times. Big Dan, I told Dan this story. And Dan was a, a pretty big guy, and Dan started working out a whole lot. He dropped, like, over 150 pounds. And uh, Dan knew this story, so the guy went to Dan and said, how have you been losing all this weight? 
Dan said, brother, I don't, I don't exercise. I don't eat right or nothing. All I do is just read the word. And when I read the word, it just falls off. And he said, oh, wow. He said, no, man, I've been working out and exercising. I don't know why I told that story. My God. Shell supply. Say it with me. My God. Shell supply. All my needs. And so God is the supplier. And we talked about this last week, but we have to create a demand. Uh, the supplier is at the mercy of the one in demand. If you don't have a demand for his supply, then he's not going to supply what you don't have a demand for. So you have to place a demand on it. And placing a demand on it simply means you do it. We talked about it last week. Listen to it. By faith, you place a demand on the word of God, on what you need, and the supplier will supply. But he's at the mercy of the demand. And so sometimes a need is a demand if that need is something that God wants you to overcome in order to fulfill his purposes. Are you listening to me? Uh, our ministry um, is going to always be at a place, now listen to me, of, of a need because we're always pressing forward. We don't have everything that we, we need right now. So we're always going to press and it's going to cause me to release my faith and you guys to financially to support it so that we can accomplish the need. So need is not wrong, especially when God's going to supply the need. But it is wrong to, to continue to always consistently and constantly have a need. And I wrote this down as what I want to talk about today. When you're continually short and constantly tight, something is not right. When you're continually short and constantly tight, something is not right. And so we need to find out from the word of God, because God supplies needs, I shall not lack. He took care of them and the 40 Israelites in the 40 years in the wilderness. He took care of the disciples whom he sent out without money. They didn't lack. We know God's will is for us not to lack. Faith begins where the will of God is known so I can access that grace that God has made available to me by faith because he's saying in his word, you shall not lack. The young lions, they suffer hunger and they lack. But if you seek the Lord, you shall not lack. It's God's will that we don't lack. But if you are continually short and constantly tight in any area of your life, something is not right. And I did a study because I heard this phrase and I, I did a study and we're going to talk about it today. And number one starts in uh, Matthew chapter six. Let's turn there real quick. Matthew chapter six. And we're talking, answering this question. If you're continually short and constantly tight, we find here in verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. Oops, that's Matthew seven. Let me back up. Here we go. Matthew 25. Let's start at verse 25. Matthew six, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So obviously, all these things cost money. Look at verse 26. Look, behold, consider the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not 
more, are you not of more value than the birds? The answer is yes. So it literally would be unnatural to worry because the birds don't worry. Nothing else in society worries except for humanity. You understand that? Uh, the, the ant outside your house, he ain't worried. He working. I mean, he's not worried. He knows that he's going to be provided for. Nobody is worried except for humanity. So it's, it's really unnatural to worry. Look at verse 27. He says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue or one moment to his life? We understand there it's unhelpful to worry. Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing or your appearance? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Consider how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes, God so clothes, God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So it's unnecessary to worry. To worry. I mean, if God's going to take care of the grass, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of the birds. He's going to take care of you. Look at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? All these things cost money, but don't worry saying these things. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, or those people that don't have a covenant with God the Father, they seek after what they're going to eat, drink, and wear. But watch this, verse 32, he says, For after all these things, the Gentiles seeks, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Look at verse 33. But, somebody shout, but. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now look at me, verse 33. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what are all these things? All these things that pertain to this life, all these things that we need will be added to you. And so if you're consistently short or continually short and constantly tight, something's not right. I have to ask you, are you seeking God first? Because your part is to seek him first or his kingdom First, and you cannot, uh, you, you really can't separate the church from his kingdom. The church is his main weapon where the kingdom is concerned. Are you seeking the house of the Lord first? And if you are, God's part then is to add all needed things. You shall not lack. So if I'm continually short and constantly tight, I have to ask myself, am I seeking God's house First, first, because God has an order and it's not he's not concerned which order is the, the best order. God only has one order. It's my order is <laughs> his order. And if you operate under his order, he says here, he's going to add all needed things. That word first means priority before all other things or ahead of anything else. Before all other things or ahead of anything else, if you're seeking him first, he's going to add all things that you need. Uh, there were years, I, I've, 
when the Lord taught me about, well, the Lord, my mom taught me about tithing. And then I got a revelation from the Lord as we went on. One of the areas that I used to do, and I still do this today, is I, I, I write my tithe check out first. That's the first thing I do. Praise God, the income comes in. Glory to God, what a blessing the income comes in. I want to honor God, and my response is to honor him with the tithe. Man, I write it out first because I want to make sure that he's a priority in my life. When you do something like that first, you're, you're literally saying God's going to have to take care of everything else. I, I may not have enough at the end of the month because I gave to God first. Listen to this. I gave to God first and mathematically I may not have enough at the end of the month. But he promises if I seek him first, he is going to add all needed things. Uh, there was one particular time I was talking to a guy, and, and I'll share this with you. This guy was struggling all the time, struggling, struggling, struggling. And I said to him, I said, do you tithe? No, I don't tithe. I mean, how can I tithe? I mean, I'm struggling. You're talking about tithing. How can I tithe? I'm struggling. Just doesn't make sense. How can I tithe? You're asking me to give 10% to the Lord. I'm struggling. Doesn't make sense. I said, man, if you're continually short and constantly tight, something's not right. Why don't you honor the God first? Honor God first. He said, no. He said, I can't, I can't. And I, I told him this. I said, I said this by the Spirit of God. I said, if you tithe to our ministry for three months, I guarantee you by the word of God, better yet, the word of God guarantees you that your needs will be met. You won't be continually short and constantly tight. And this is what I told him. Y'all want to hear what I told him? I said, if God doesn't come through for you in ways that, that we have outlined, because we were going to outline the ways that he was believing God for, I'll give it all back to you. I'll cut, we'll cut a check and give you your entire tithe back. Said that, I'm the only person I've ever said that to, but I said it by the Spirit of God. Do you think he decided to tithe? No. No, because it wasn't about the money. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. I mean, I gave him a, a full money back guarantee. You get it all back if God don't come through for you. It's about the heart. And guess what? Guess what he's doing today? He's continuously short and constantly tight. Still today. Can I borrow some money? I mean, same thing. Why? Because God has an order. And his order is seek me first. Uh, if you, I heard the Lord speak this to me. If you focus on what I need, I'll focus on what you need. I heard the Lord say that to me. If you focus on what I need, I'll focus on what you need. So let me give you an example. Let's say the house of the Lord needs new carpet. And you need new carpet at your house. And I get up and say, hey, let's receive an offering for new carpet. But you need new carpet at the house. Which one would be considered seeking the Lord first? Huh? Y'all don't know? I mean, hey, the house, I got to seek him first. Man, gosh, I have a need. The kingdom, the house of the Lord has a need. This, how are we going to determine how you're seeking the Lord first? This is a determining factor. It's an indicator. You say, you know what? The house of the Lord has a need. I have a need. The house of the Lord has a need. I'm going to seek him first. And God promises that he will add all things to you. If you seek the kingdom first before all things are added unto you, that is what faith is called. Because you don't know, 
You don't know what you're going to have left. It's like, it's like the, the, the people in the old covenant, they would dedicate their firstborn to the Lord before they even knew if they were going to have a second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth born. This is the order of God. And, and guess what? Most of the time, those that desired it had a second, third, fourth. And if you read, we, we're reading through Genesis now. You see the genealogy. I mean, these, these folks had a lot of kids. They gave to the Lord first and God multiplied it. This is, this is where we're at. I'm just constantly tight. I ask everybody that's constantly tight. Do you tithe? Do you seek the God first? You know what their common answer is? No. No. I don't do that. And I'm consistently short and constantly tight. Something's not right. We have to seek the kingdom first. You'll find his kingdom comes fully equipped to meet all of your daily needs. And the good thing about the Lord, he'll also meet your wants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you got to seek the kingdom first. So if you're continually short and constantly tight, literally ask yourself, am I seeking the Lord first? Uh, that could financially is, an, is, is, a, is a way we like to talk about because it's a direct connection to your heart. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be. We can determine where your heart is located about where your money is going. I can tell you where your heart's located by looking about where your money's going. I mean, I had to tell myself that I looked at my checkbook and it was going, I was eating out a whole lot. I thought my heart is in eating out. I had to, I had to, I had to change that. We can determine where your heart is by where your value is. And so seeking him first, it might be waking up a little earlier. You know what? I'm going to take this verse literally and I'm going to get up 20 minutes earlier so I can seek him first. I want the first thing that my eyes touch, not my cell phone checking Facebook, but the word of God. I want to seek him first. There are uh, activators, literally faith. I like to call them activators, faith activators to, to really get things moving in the kingdom. There are things like waking up early. I'm telling you, and just spending time with the Lord, activate some things in the spiritual realm. Somebody shall seek God first. Now, number two, if you're continually short and constantly tight, number two, give to the poor. Give to the poor, Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Now, watch this. He who gives to the poor will not lack. Uh, do you remember the story of the rich young ruler? I believe it's Mark chapter 10. And Jesus had a word for him, and his word for him was, Sell everything you have, and what did he say? Give to the poor. He's literally telling you, you're not going to lack. If you follow these commands, you're not going to lack. If you give to the poor, you will not lack. You will not be in consistent need, constantly tight, coming up short, coming up late, giving to the poor. Now, I want to talk about giving to the poor because I, many of you went, your mind literally went to the thought of, well, the man hanging out under the bridge, I need to go on and hand him some money. Let God lead you in that. Uh, if God's telling you to do that, do that. I'm not necessarily talking about that, though. I'm talking about there are people that you interact with that you know that there is less fortunate than you. You know they are. You know that, man, I tell you what, they just need just a little assistance, a little help. I'm going to I'm going to help them, given, given to the poor. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you this story. I'm not, uh, well, I don't have to say that. I'm just going to tell you this story. Stacey and I went to eat this, this past week, and um, the, the waitress 
was, was just telling us a little bit about what's going on. She had a, just a rough upbringing. And I said, we're going to bless her with a big tip. This is what I'm talking about, giving to the poor. She, she needed, she needed, she, obviously, she needed some assistance. And it was a great conversation. She wasn't begging. Now, don't be manipulated. Don't be deceived. But if you're going to be kind, factor in that you might get taken advantage of. Just factor that in. Somebody might take advantage of me. I've told you all the story. We had a, a pastor friend of mine. Uh, this was years ago. I wouldn't even say a friend. A pastor that I knew, he said that he was, um, they were coming to get his car. They're going to repo his car. And, oh, man, he was struggling. They're going to repo. And I said, oh, my gosh, we got to help him. We've got some money. And I have a big heart for pastors. And bless God, you know, we have a benevolent account. And we're going to pay a car payment and, and at least give him an extra 30 days for the Lord to work, you know. And I told him, I said, after prayerful consideration, we're going to give you X amount. He said, oh, my gosh, that'll take care of two car payments. I said, glory be to God. Hallelujah, man. God wants to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm supporting the poor because I don't want to lag. But watch this particular guy, though, just where you have to factor in, you're going to get taken advantage of. He called me back about two months later and said that the repo man came to get his car. I said, oh, man. He said, um, yeah, but I still got the car. And he went on down the line. I thought, wait a minute. No, no, no. If the repo man is coming to get your car, I don't know. I know many of y'all always been uh, just wealthy. I didn't I didn't I didn't see some experiences with the repo man. I mean, I see hands back there. Yes. If the repo man is coming to get your car. Ron, the repo man's going to get your car. He's not coming to talk about it. He's not coming. You, you're not going to negotiate. You know, he, he's coming to get it. He said, yeah, the repo man came, but it, yeah, he left the car. I said, wait a minute, he left the car? I said, man, because I'm not right, man. The repo man's trying to get the car. Well, what happened? He said, man, I had to tap into my savings account to, to come up, to, to come up and, and make the balance equal so that I can keep the car. I said, man, you got money in your savings account? He said, yeah, man, I got $1,000 in there, but that's not for the house or the car. What is it for? Well, it was for vacation. And, no, no, you're about to lose your house and the car sitting up with thousands of dollars in your savings account. That's why I ask people now, when people come to church, you need some money. Guess what one question we ask folks? How much is in your savings account? I've added that question because some people don't think that's what the money's for. Well, you know what? I was upset at this minister. When he did it, because I went, we sold some seed. He had the money already. The Lord said, factor in. You were being kind. You wanted to help someone less fortunate. Factor in that you might get taken advantage of. And so I'm letting you all know, when you all going out there helping the poor and people that are less fortunate, factor in. They might take advantage of you, but guess what? You're just being kind. And if they take advantage of you, I'm just, I was trying to be kind. And, you know, I, I'll learn better next time. I know what I'm dealing with, whatever the case may be, but factor it in. Or you can be like Jerry, if I can brag on Jerry. This man, I'm going to brag on this man. If it, Listen, this man, if anybody needs help moving or you can just say, uh, I need to put a chair on top of the, the kitchen table. Jerry's like, listen, just call me if you need some help. This is the kind of man he is. I told him I was going to put a chair together. He said, now, if you need some help, call me. I'm like, no, Jerry, I can, I can do it by myself. But that's the kind of man he, he and for real, he's looking. He's helping single, single women and older ladies all the time, helping them because he's giving back. And guess what? He shall not lack. He shall not lack. And so if you give to the poor, if you help the poor, you shall not lack. So I have to ask you, if you can, can continuously shorten, constantly tight, something ain't right. 
Are you giving to the poor? Well, I don't have I don't have time, money, energy to give to the poor. Well, you're going to stay continuously short and constantly tight. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, number three. So number one was what? Seek out first. Number two was what? Give to the poor. Number three, Acts chapter four, verse 32. Acts chapter four, verse 32. We'll read through verse 35. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Look at verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one as had need. Understand, being a part of a church community. If you are truly a part of a church community, I'm talking about truly a part of a church community, you will not lack. Danica, if you ever need something, there are men in this place that will say, I will go help you with, you don't have to be concerned about going anywhere, being a single woman. We will help you. You, you won't have no lack in this place. I, I, I've been a part of church service where somebody need four tires and somebody else got four tires in their garage and it fit the car. Amen. This is what I'm talking about. Shall not lack in the community. Shall not lack. If you're truly a part of a church community, you shall not lack. And I got to take it a step further. Look at Jeremiah 23 verse 4. Jeremiah 23, verse 4, the Lord says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Now, now listen to this. I want to break this down for you. The Lord's saying, I'm going to give you shepherds. Another word for shepherd is the word pastors. And they're going to feed you. And you're not going to fear and you're not going to be you're not going to panic and you're not going to be lacking. But here's the thing that I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that I'm not everybody's pastor. I might be someone's preacher. But when the rubber meets the road, I'm, I'm not their pastor. I'll, I'll give you examples when people making major life decisions like moving to another state. They don't consult with me about that at all. Now, they heard me preach for months. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll preach. I'm their preacher, but I'm, I'm not their pastor. Don't, and then they moved. There was one particular couple. Um, they just came to States and I. They said, we moving. We out in X, you know, X amount of time. And we knew that they weren't supposed to move. We just knew that wasn't right. They didn't ask us. Didn't ask us at all. Ended up moving, getting a divorce within one year. Both of them cheating. Within one year of moving to another state, man, if they would have asked us, we could have provided counsel. We could, we could fulfill this verse that says you won't be lacking if you sit up under a shepherd. Matter of fact, Hebrews 13, 17 in the Message Bible, Hebrews 13, 17 says, be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to their joy of leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? 
So it says be responsive and listen. And then we've had people come to us and say, the Spirit of God is leading us to move to a, a different state, and we want to talk to you guys about it. And we're like, that's exactly what the Lord's saying. Yes, you guys are supposed to move there. Yes, go do that. And we still have great relationships with them, and they're prospering and not lacking. I've had people come to me, say, oh, you know what, Pastor, I want to talk to you, um, and I want to do this and that and this and that, and they lying. I can sit there. I'm not a fool. You're lying, okay, and this and that and this and that, and you know what I do? I don't call them a lie unless the Spirit of the Lord tells me. I just say, okay, just, you know, do. I mean, you want to do that anyway, do it, and they come back lacking. I'm lacking. Why? I didn't take advantage of a shepherd. I didn't take advantage of a church. The benefit of a pastor, the benefit of a congregation is to seek counsel because sometimes people can see things that you don't see. It's not that pastor knows everything. No, I don't know everything. And I'll tell you a bunch of stuff I don't know. There's stuff I don't know that'll make a whole new world. All the stuff I don't know. But I got the spirit of God and God has graced me to be a pastor, to be able to help you make wise choices and decisions. Now, there are people that want to control. There are leaders that want to control. There are leaders that don't want anybody to leave their church or whatever the case may be. Um, that, that's, that you, you can recognize that right away. You'll recognize that right away, what's going on there. But then there's people that says, hey, we just want to help. We want to help. And I don't you know if should you cut your toenails or not. Don't call me about that, okay? Cut your toenails, okay? But if there's some major life decisions and you don't want to lack, reach out. Reach out to your pastoral leaderships. Reach out to them because this verse is telling us if we're truly a part of a church and God wants to put a pastor there, you won't lack if you truly reach out to the council of the body. We've, we've had stories, situations, and, and I, I said I was going to tell some stories, but we've had stories where, where people have come to us and, and, and said some things, and we said, that's exactly what you should do. You know what? You should do that. Um, we've had stories and situations of people that come to us, and, and we say, no, we don't think you should do that, but we'll support Whatever you feel like God's calling you to do. But here's the, here's the key. You don't want to lack. Why not take advantage of it? Why not take the benefit of having pastoral counsel and leadership? Here's why. You know why? Because you want to do what you want to do. And you don't want them to tell you what to do. I mean, I know what it is. Matter of fact, you don't, it's not that you don't ask pastor. You don't ask anybody. You just, I just do what I want. I'm a grown man. And don't tell me what to do. That's what typically happens. Don't, nobody, don't, nobody tell me what to do. And I'm just going to do whatever I want. And that's most folks who are going to do whatever you want. But you'll lack. You'll lack. Scripture says here, Jeremiah, one more time, 23 verse 4. Jeremiah 23 verse 4. I want to set up shepherds over them who will feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. 
You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.